Hey, welcome back to another episode of e-commerce on tap brought to you by Sourceify. My name is Nathan Resnick and today we have Stefan from GQC.io on. Stefan, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me, man. I'm very excited. So you're currently in China, right? Where are you? I'm currently in the last 13 years. I'm in Shenzhen, China. So working out here and helping uh, e-commerce companies and retailers brands with manufacturing and quality control in China. Wow, 13 years in China. And for listeners tuning in, Stefan and I actually met, I think 2017 or 18, or maybe even before then. And we've kept in touch ever since. And now Stefan has this incredible quality control business that really took off during COVID, right? Tell us about living in China during COVID, because I feel like very few foreigners were in China during that period. Yeah, man, I was really one of the, the people who stayed here during the whole time. So I was locked up for three years. It was like a very weird time at the beginning because no one really knew what's going on, what's happening. And right before it happened, I was actually on a business trip to Germany and I just came back three days before the border shut down. And then I was locked up three years in, in China and just said, okay, once I'm here, cannot go out. Let's just hustle, work and uh, grow the company and make it a good business. That's amazing. That's amazing. So tell us more about GQC, what's the process of actually conducting quality control? Because I feel like a lot of e-commerce brands, when they hire a third-party QC inspection, they don't actually understand and know what happens behind the scenes. When I go and let's say I hire G, what actually happens during that process when I hire you to, to handle my quality inspection? All right. Depending on what you actually look into, because for quality control, we have different approaches and different options, what we can do. As, as an example, we can start with a factory audit, and this is like helping you to actually check if your supplier is able to make products according to your specifications, to your requirements, if they have a good management, if they have a good quality system, if they have a proper factory setup, if they don't do any kind of outsourcing. So this is like the first step that we can do. Then also we can help you with uh, validating samples. So if you get your first samples and instead of shipping them to the States and wasting time and money, you can ship them to our office. We can send you a report. We can review them. We can do like something like fit for use. And if you're ready for your production, then we have different options. We can go there at the beginning of the production. We can check if components that are used are correct. If the quality is right, we can find problems in the early stage of production. And we can basically do those inspections from the beginning to the middle to the finished product when everything's finished. And we have a whole team here in our office. We are right now like 20 people. And what we do a little bit, we take a little bit more care. We listen to our customers, what kind of problems they have. We do customized checklists and we do pretty long checklists with all of the details, like with previous problems and try to be like a little bit more hands-on, which makes like a difference. And also like with me, we have a team of foreigners who understand Western culture a little bit better than like Chinese companies who get the specification, send it to the inspector, and then someone like don't know what to do. Like we try to rework customer oriented and try to be like German quality hundred percent on top. Makes sense. I, I love that. I feel like the specification side of it is so important, right? Because when you're, you're communicating with the supplier, trying to get a new production run done, a lot of times there's so much back and forth on specifications. And I feel like having a local quality control party there to vet and make sure that your specifications are correct is such a key. And I'm curious, as you look at the specifications of your customers, are there any 
telltale signs that you look at of, hey, specifications are written in this way that is very confusing for this Chinese supplier because there's obviously that language barrier and a lot of times translation doesn't really come out the right way. And so I'm curious in your experience working with Chinese factories, is there a better way to give them specifications to make sure they actually produce that first sample correctly? I always do believe it makes a lot of sense to do like proper translation and also to be very detailed. Like common sense is a thing that is not always happening in China. And what is logical for us, logic, or what, for, what makes sense for us doesn't make sense for Chinese. They're very happy to exchange an expensive part for a cheaper part to make more profit. That's why if you have a component list, give every detail that you need, make sure the weight and the specification for size are the same. So this is like some stuff where you can like really make sure that nothing is replaced and that even for your sample or like for mass production, that everything is according to your requirements because they always try to negotiate prices down and like the factory, they somehow agree to it, but they also look the other way on the backside. They look for how to make this money back. And this is why I think it's very important also for inspections to have samples on hand to compare even for small details for weight. Components is, is a very big thing, especially for like electronics. And that's why I always say it's very important to write down everything very correctly and make sure that the factory knows what you want in the best detailed way. And also for us, it's important that we have access to all of the information. That makes sense. That makes sense. I feel like so many people, when they go into a cost cutting exercise with their factory, they just assume, oh, wow, I saved 10, 20%. But that savings is usually coming from somewhere in the back end because every factory, like you mentioned, has their own suppliers to get those raw materials. And they're typically doing maybe the main component at their factory, but they have their own suppliers that make up your final product. And I think one thing that comes about as people negotiate is what kind of strategies have you seen be very successful when negotiating with Chinese factories? I think. Uh, we've all been to the kind of silk market or pearl markets or all those markets uh, across China where they have these uh, products and it's very fun to negotiate with vendors there, but it's a completely different dynamic when you negotiate with a factory. And so I'm curious, what, what are some strategies that you utilize to negotiate with factories? So, so normally our job is only quality control and we don't really do any purchasing support or like negotiating with suppliers. But I think what is very important, what I see from customers or what we tell them that like you tell your suppliers, hey, we're in here for the long run, show them like a long-term perspective to work together. Say, hey, this is um, maybe for our Amazon or e-commerce business the first time. So like we try to order in the, for the first batch a few thousand two, three, four, like those quantities. And then you show them like, what's your perspective on the business? And then just tell them, Hey, we have a chance to work together for a long time. We want to work together with you. We want to improve our product. We want to make different versions of it. So I think this is the, the best option to say, let's find a good pricing at the beginning. Of course, you can always like change some components, but I'm not a big fan of that, to be honest. And when you scale your business, there's always opportunities where you can save, maybe you optimize your packaging, you make packaging smaller. And from my side, I think it's not the best option to cut costs on manufacturing. I think there's other options on the supply chain from shipping to logistics, to improving packaging, to save costs on that side that is not influencing your product and related points to quality. Makes sense. Makes sense. I know one question that comes up a lot with quality control is quality fade, right? As you start ordering more and more with your supplier, typically your defect rate is going to go up a little bit. And so I'm curious, 
what are your thoughts around quality fade and how has your team kind of combated quality fade when it comes to a customer that's continuing to grow their order quantity with their supplier? So I think always at the beginning, every factory, they're very excited to have a new customer. They're going to pay attention. Then as you said, like it's slowly fading out. They make the first, second, third, fourth PO. So what we do with our customers, we offer them to do pro inspection. What I mentioned earlier, like you go there during production and then we collect information and data that we can show our customers the, the performance of our suppliers. So if we see the defects are going up or going down, based on this, we can decide if we do more input on quality control. If we maybe send a guy there for two days a week just to be on a production line monitoring and see if there's any kind of improvement that we can do, if we find defects in the early stage. And then you can also do some open item list. We can do follow-up. We can work together with the factory. And also what is very important, like for everyone who's doing e-commerce, who's doing Amazon, you have your reviews, you have your defect rates of what your customers are complaining about, right? So that information is super important. Use your KPIs to improve your manufacturing and inform the factory. What is also like a, what I think is a good pressure tool to say, hey, if certain defect rates are getting too high, you want to have one or 2% FOC, like free of charge. And it is also like giving suppliers some pressure to do like proper quality control themselves and take care that um, the defect rates are not getting too high. Makes sense. Makes sense. I'm curious because quality control, a lot of people will conduct on the first few production runs and then sometimes they'll rely on the factory to handle their own kind of quality control process. And that seems to be when a lot of quality fade happens. When your team is going into a factory for the first time or, or doing another production run check, what's typically the response of the factory? Are they welcoming your team with open arms? Are they a little standoffish to your team? Are they just accepting? What's the general vibe when your team goes into a factory as a third party? Because you both share a customer, right? You share the same customer as the factory and that customer hired you to handle that inspection. And so I'm curious, what's typically the, the vibe of that factory when you go and, and conduct that inspection? In general, factories are not very happy to see us because we always find some problems. Like we find problems, we cause problems. But I always say to the factories, like we all work together for our customers to make cool products and the right quality. And at the beginning, they're like, okay, we have to let you in. You have to check our stuff. We cannot change it. But actually during the process, like it's ending up that everyone is partnering up and they understand that we can help them. And if factories are actually smart, they should use us also. Like not only Western buyers should hire us. I think actually factories should also hire us and we can help them to make their products better. Uh, we can help them to improve factories and at the end, if all three parties work together, it's a win-win for everyone. And there are some factories who are super unhappy. And then you have factories who say, hey, you know what? Thanks. We have found a problem that we have improved for other customers. And you saved us $100,000. So everything's happening. Unhappy factories, happy factories. and Makes sense. I think from a factory perspective, too, the way that I would look at it is your team is coming in and helping me retain this customer, right? Because if I'm a factory and I have a high defect rate, I'm not going to be able to retain that customer. And that customer is going to go look for another factory to produce that product. So as a factory, it makes sense to want to be in harmony with your team in order to retain this customer. So it's almost like a retention mechanism for them to say, hey, we always qual qualify and pass the third party to an inspection, but you can rely on us. I'm curious because 
I know a lot of listeners are wondering, there's got to be some like factory horror stories that your team has seen where you've walked into a factory and they tell you one thing and it's completely incorrect or wrong. Are there any stories that come to mind where you or your team has been in a factory and it's just one of those horror stories where it's really not what they say it is? Like within 10 years in the industry, of course, there was a lot of weird things going on and stuff that I've seen. Like one stupid thing was there was a chicken running around in the production. And then we just had problems with factories exchanging components and there was a lot of function problems. When we had a chip shortage in the last years, factories exchanged stuff and we had customers who have been ordering the same product for three or four years, Bluetooth speakers as an example, and they were supposed to connect to each other and they changed the IC in the chip and all of a sudden nothing can be connected anymore. And like our customers, they had problems like, how are we to solve this problem? And luckily we had some connection with people who have good connection to IC and chip suppliers. So we were able to help them, but this was like a huge problem for our customers. And then we find a lot of problems and we had factories with defect rates of 30, 40%. And we're just wow. like, how was the factory able to work for 10 years, do it working like this. And that's why our customers are happy that they can work with us, that we also have Western people. As an example, I go to the factory normally three or four times a week to do onboarding for our customers. I go by myself to do inspections and factory audits to find those issues. And sometimes I'm just thinking like, how have they been able to export products for such a long time without losing so many customers? Like it's crazy. Right. That is crazy. That is crazy. As we wrap up here on e-commerce on tap, one of the favorite questions that I ask is what is one question I didn't ask you that you want to answer? So this could be a question about China. It could be a question about e-commerce could be a question about quality control. Whatever comes to mind, it's a time where you get to ask yourself a question. Ask myself. Yeah. Ask yourself a question. To be honest, like a lot of people always ask me since we have access to a lot of factories, right? Like I know what kind of products are doing good sales in Europe or in the States. And a lot of people always ask me, so why are you not doing like your own e-commerce business? And for this question, like I would always say, I'm always struggling. I also was thinking about if I should do something related to e-commerce, but then I just always think I respect everyone who's doing e-commerce because it's such a hassle, like finding the right factory, having a good product. And also what I always think is what is crazy, like inventory and cost and investment that you need for running a really good um, e-commerce business. And that's like the question I'm, I'm thinking also, if I should get into e-commerce or if I should just stay with what I do. And I think I would just stay with what I'm doing because I think we are quite good um, with, with quality and quality understanding. So that's what's up. Yeah. Nice. I like that. I feel like e-commerce, especially in this market right now, cash flow is a big challenge for a lot of brands as they scaled the past two years. This year for many has been a bit slower, a bit stagnant. And so it's a different time, obviously, than the times when e-commerce was growing so fast and it's still growing, but it's not growing as fast as it was. Stefan, thank you for coming on e-commerce on tap. If, if people want to get in touch and find more about GQC, where can they find you and how can they get in touch? Uh, you can just visit my website. It's, um, oh, you can hit me up on LinkedIn and if you're around in China, if you plan any trips to come over, let me know. We can meet up. I'm based in Shenzhen. You can also visit me like at Canton Fair or any other exhibitions in, in South China. And I'm always very happy to meet up with people, connect and, and share our visions. Awesome.
Thank you for listening to e-commerce on tap brought to you by Sourceify. If you could like and subscribe, we'd greatly appreciate it. And please keep an eye out for our next episode.